following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. For the second straight show, the Royals have thrown a wrench into my plans. Man. Yesterday, yesterday is Dayton trading off some <laughs> some fools, and now rain, and they lost to I the hate, White Sox. I hate the South Side. Just a now. What do you think the South Side residents would think about that comment? Well, Troy? you know, given that one of my best friends is a South Sider, I'm not going to worry about Screw it. Screw him, Lance Lynn. Check this out. I I heard this during the broadcast. He is now. He's pitched 12 games against the Royals. Yeah. He's won 10 of them. Yeah. Ten. Yeah. And he's... He's horrendous this year. He's <laughs> awful this year, and they lose to Lance Lynn. He's cooking them. Have you guys ever watched the show Shameless? Yeah. No. Man, if you talk bad about the South Side, they'll beat you up. Oh, boy. Be careful down there. Welcome Emmy to the Rossum game. Emmy is my lady. What's that? Say that again. Emmy Rossum is my lady. Oh. <laughs> okay. You think so, huh? Well, she did leave the show and uh, was not there for the final two seasons. It's like the the drama version, I guess, of uh, The Office, where the main character, the big-time main character, leaves, and there's two seasons without that person. See ya. You know, um, she was the linchpin, wasn't she, of that show? And she leaves. and She wasn't my favorite. I kind of hated her. (gasps) Much like I don't Her character. Her character. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Emmy Rossum as a person is probably amazing. She's probably a very sweet girl, but... Yeah, her character stunk. She was like a goody two shoes. How do you like her, Trey Beyond? I liked her in the when I was a kid. I would watch Phantom of the Opera, and she was in that. Hmm. I was like, she's a cute lady. <laughs> I've never actually watched <laughs> Shameless. Oh well, I mean, yeah, you better watch it. You should watch it. Yeah, it's a pretty do. good one. All right, so <laughs> the plan was today to have Derek Young from K State Online and the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. I can promise you, they'll both be on tomorrow. Yes. So Dy will be on to start off the show. At 4.07 tomorrow, uh, Mitch Holtis, I actually just got done recording with him, so I already have it done. It's going to happen. You'll hear that tomorrow as well. But I was planning this two days ago, and now I finally get to actually talk about it. Yeah. And that is my top 10 list for the week. I really pushed it yesterday. Did not get to do it because Troy and his breaking news. Oh, it's on me. My top 10 list this week is K-State football storylines entering fall camp. I'm actually kind of glad we get to do it today because today is actually the first day of practice. Yes. And I, I Kellis Robinette, I'm with you. I don't know why it's called fall camp. Summer does not end for like another 50 days. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll stick with fall camp, I suppose. So, also, this is in no particular order. It's just 10 storylines. So, we'll go from 1 to 10. Number 1. I know that's a little bit backwards. That's how we do it this week. Number 1 is just practicing at mostly full strength. Because if you remember back in the spring, boy, were they missing a lot of guys. Especially from the defensive line. They needed a long snapper to jump in there. My first thought was... What if he just totally kicks ass? <laughs> and now you got to throw. Now you're down. You, you got to play him on second down. <laughs> he gets hurt. You have one long snapper. Yeah, left. no doubt. The long that snapping could, game could get bad. Oh no. Uh, no, but uh, actually, I, I think that would have been badass if he really kicked <laughs> some butt out there. But yeah. Uh, 
the defensive line should all be ready to go. Deuce Vaughn did not participate last spring. He was out out for precautionary measures, which I'm totally fine with that. No need to risk anything with Deuce Vaughn. But also, and I know there's others as well, but um, there was like no spring. It's not a game anymore, but like a spring practice where fans can come. There wasn't any of that. They didn't really have the numbers to do that, and they right. didn't want to risk anything. There was no show to be seen. No. So Smart. the show, though, is back on. Yeah, baby. Lights are on, the curtain is open, and they're rehearsing. <laughs> oh, you stuck with that. You, you stuck with it. <laughs> there has to be three. It's a, it's a three-tier <laughs> yeah, thing. it's three. It's three. Da-da-da. 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 Write that down, Travion. That's good advice. Keep that. (laughs) The way he was going, I was waiting for the Muppet Show theme to take off. (laughs) Number two. Number two of my ten storylines entering the fall camp. Uh, Your new offensive coordinator is Colin Klein. We did get a hint of that already, of course, with his three weeks of work before the bowl game. So there's already a lot of work taking place. You got a lot of those pieces back. But one new piece, of course, is Adrian Martinez. But what I'm looking forward to hearing about at the first press conference, which will be next week, I believe it's Monday, and just the chemistry that they have. And I, I, it's already sounding really good. I mean, the chemistry that Colin Klein and Skylar Thompson had, the communication was spot on. Also throwing Colin, able to throw in a couple of wrinkles, maybe speeding up the process a little bit offensively. That is also what is exciting, and everybody knows about it by now. That extra wrinkle of maybe speeding up the process of getting the play in, maybe not huddling, and uh, getting up to the line of scrimmage. That's going to get some oohs and ahs for the first time it's seen in Bill Snyder Family (laughs) Stadium. But Colin Klein, this is his full first full season as the offensive coordinator, taking over for Courtney Messingham. This is the change that fans wanted to see. Well, they wanted to see the change of Courtney Messingham as an offensive coordinator. Colin Klein, that working out, I think, adds to that excitement of seeing what awesome. the legacy at K-State can do for the Cats. Top 10 list, spring. I, I keep wanting to say spring, and I just <laughs> almost spit it out the whole thing. Um, fall camp storylines entering this 2022 season. Number three. There's actually also another coach for K-State, and that's Thad Ward at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Now, is he the guy that can take this receiving core to the next level that it really needs? I mean, in the Chris Kleiman era, we have not had a receiver reach 600 yards yet. We do have reliable hands, in my opinion, Phillip Brooks, Malik Knowles, but they aren't the most consistent. And when I say next level, I'm talking about like route running, things like just route running, getting open, depending on the defense, reading the defense better, running your route correctly, go 100%. It needs to, it needs to happen a little bit more. They're out running, get that corrected. And uh, we also haven't had a breakout wide receiver in a long time. Like a guy that has really shown up to the scene and proven to themselves and to the coaching staff and to the fans that they're the real deal. And we've heard so much about R.J. Garcia. And maybe even we forget about Jaden Jackson, who transferred from Ole Miss, who's also going to be out there for K-State and catching a few passes. But I would imagine if there's going to be one breakout guy, 
It's RJ Garcia. But like I told Bosco's boys and Scott Wildcat earlier this week, he posted the podcast yesterday. I mean, RJ Garcia, I think we've heard so much about him in the preseason that we're expecting huge things from him. But also, can we get a little bit more out of guys like Phillip Brooks and Malik Knowles? Please. All right, where are we at here? Number four, is that it? Here we go. Yeah, you Number win. four. Going one through ten, uh-huh. not ten to one. Number four, we, we're sticking with offense here. That's Adrian Martinez is my next uh, storyline. So we know how talented he is. Our optimism about this season and K-State being a dark horse, I think a lot of that is on his shoulders. And, to, I mean, if it was, if I was him and I knew what the expectations were for this season, to me that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. That is a lot of pressure. But as I also told Scott Wildcat earlier this week, um, yes, the success is this season is a lot on his shoulders, but it comes down to can he eliminate the mistakes, limit the turnovers, and really, really try to limit the risk-taking. Because there were, and I will say, there was quite a few of those turnovers that were that took place where maybe forcing it or trying to get too much out of a play, end up losing the football, and that costs you a game. If you can limit those things, which I hope that does happen, of course, but I think it will because you're going to have a lot better of an offensive line protecting Adrian Martinez. Let's not forget as well, at Nebraska, he has 16 records. <laughs> it wasn't looked like – I know he was a part of bad teams. He, he had a bad coach up in Lincoln, Nebraska. But he still put up incredible numbers. If he can limit the turnovers and still produce the kind of numbers he was doing at Nebraska, it's going to be fun, and it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be incredible. Because he was able to break so many records, and he has a ton of experience. He has seen a thing or two in this game. He knows how the game is played. He knows the speed of it. He's not going to be scared of anything. How important is it for him to hear another voice as well as his offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach at this point? I think that plays a role, plus the parts around him expected to be better than what he was also playing with. So the drive to have to perform that much more is lessened. Let me squeeze in uh, one more before we take a break. Let's go to number five. Number five. These are my top storylines for K-State football entering the fall camp, still on offense. Who is going to be the second string running back? To me, this is the the big quarter or the big position battle. Uh, maybe a quarterback. Maybe there's a little bit of a battle. I doubt though. There's really not a battle at number two, um, although. You know, kind of like running back, I kind of have the same thought like Jake Rubley. You know, how great would it be to see him on the field at some point, maybe in a blowout victory week one? But it might not be him. It, it could be somebody else. Uh-huh. But um, I would love to see him come into a game. Jaron Lewis, I mean, he's got a little bit of experience as well. But, of course, Will Howard will be <laughs> the second-string uh, quarterback. But at running back – I think I know the answer, and I've said this before. It, it's got to be Anthony Frias, who has a couple of years of experience playing at the JUCO level. He is he is a junior. Uh, everybody else really behind him except for Jordan Shippers. 
most likely it would be the third string running back, has any experience. DJ Giddens does not, and, and Giddens falls in the same category as to um, Jake Rubley of we know they're talented, we just haven't seen them yet. And they were both true freshmen this past season. All right, let's take our first break here in the game. Mitch Fortner with Troy Coverdale, David G., and Travion Berkland. When we come back, 6 through 10 on my top 10 storylines for K-State football entering fall camp. That's next. We continue with the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G., Travion Berkland. No hour one of the game. This is the only hour today because the Royals had an hour and five-minute rain delay. Still lost to the Chicago White Sox. But Come Eric, on. Eric Hosmer getting ready to turn to uh, Kauffman Stadium. That's right. He was traded for um, a couple Royals. He's coming back to the Royals. No, that's not true. Place for the no. Red Sox. Red Sox. It's this weekend, right, Troy? Red Sox will be in KC. Red Sox will be in KC starting tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. There Ooh. you go. Four-game series. All right, let's continue on with my top ten list for the week. One through five was in the last segment. This is now six through ten of my top ten storylines for K-State football entering the fall camp. And really what I'm doing is just kind of bouncing around from position to position and just talking about the current situation. Uh, Last offensively I have is the offensive line. Let me play the number real quick. Number six. You know where I'm at. Offensive line. So last season – K-State was missing somebody who was expected to have a big year, Taylor Portier. But he is back this year and is going to add some much-needed play on the offensive line, in my opinion. Now, it was Connor Riley, as a matter of fact, I believe it was in the spring that Connor Riley brought up about Portier's potential. And he's an all-conference type of player. So there's the expectation expectation that has been put in place for Taylor Portier, who has three starts in his career in the interior offensive line, for him to step up and be beneficial right away. We know Cooper Beebe, who is obviously established, he will play at both left tackle and left guard. I think it's great that Andrew Linegang, who's a redshirt freshman, is working out so far in his development, and we're definitely going to see him play at left tackle this upcoming season. And also at center. And I thought this was interesting. Maybe we'll see one of these guys win the job full-time potentially during the season. But for right now, what we know at center is we're going to see two players. That's Hayden Gillum and Hadley Panzer. But I would imagine for most of the time, you're going to see upperclassmen on the offensive line uh, for the most part. At least that's my prediction right now. Christian Duffy is going to be out there on the right side of the line. KT Leviston, who is also a senior, excuse me, is going to be out there on that offensive line as well on the left side. Now, offensively, I did not bring up anybody on tight end or fullback. It's because we already know what we're getting. I mean, those are guys that have already played quite a bit. Jackson Dean, uh, Ben Sinnott, who I'm hoping gets a few more touches this upcoming season. And uh, also um, at tight end, Sammy Wheeler. Sammy Wheeler, Will Swanson, Connor Fox, names that have already been here for a little while. All right, that really wraps it up offensively. So let's go defensively. Number seven. Number seven, let's start with the defensive line. The question is, how elite can this defensive line be? They're coming off a year where K-State's defense had 30 total sacks. That was about 
49th, 50th in the country, and 20 of the, 23 of those from the defensive line. They were 31st in the country in rush defense. It's really solid. They are probably K-State's best group altogether for who we're going to see on the field this upcoming season. And we know the star, Felix, Enidike, yeah. Uzama. And I already recorded with uh, Mitch Holtis, and he tried pronouncing that name. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah, You'll hear that tomorrow. But, I mean, the line can't be elite by himself. But, man, all the returners on that line, Eli Huggins, his workload might be doubled this season. Uh, because... He really doesn't have anybody to back him. I mean, Robert Hintz. Robert Hintz would be his backup, and we might see him out there, but it's not like a Timmy Horn. Like, came in last year, and his only year with the team, he's a team captain. Yeah. And he was pretty fun to watch. But Jalen Pickle, who played a defensive end all of last season, he might even bounce around and play a little uh, middle of the defensive line for Eli Huggins once in a while. But we'll see him a lot of defensive end as well. But also, who I'm hoping makes a gigantic splash, and he started to do so last year, Nate Matlack, the pride of Olathe, Kansas, who started the last three games of the season. He really jumped onto the scene halfway through last year, and he finished the year with... My count was correct. Remember correctly, six sacks. Um, maybe it's three sacks. Maybe it's it three sacks in six games. I forgot to type it down. But anyway, extremely solid. And don't forget Khalid Duke, which leads me into number eight. Number eight. And that is the return of Khalid Duke. The question is about him. Is he 100% yet? Is he 100%? Very early in last year. Um, I believe it was the last non-conference game against Nevada where he tore his ACL. I mean, just a awful injury. He was going to be a key piece of that defense. And we I missed him last year. He was supposed to have a big year. And we just have to wait for this year for that big year to take place. But, I mean, Duke, I mean, last year, a couple of sacks in those three games before he got injured. As a sophomore, 26 tackles. I mean, he is an impact player, but we're not going to see him just play defensive line. He's going to jump up into that Sam linebacker position and help out K-State in that area of the field. Play some of that nickel as well. He might even start, and uh, old Sean Robinson, who transferred from uh, Missouri, might be backing him up. But Sean Robinson, we'll, we're definitely going to see him on the field. And uh, nice little, uh, uh, you know, September 10th when Missouri comes to town, that might be, that might be interesting. Well, don't forget um, – Devontae Pritchard, linebacker, transferred to South Dakota, so we're going to play him week one. Oh, yeah. So that'll be fun. You know, the D-lines, it's going to be no fun to play against K-State's D-line this season. Can guarantee you that. I can guarantee you that. Studs. I can't wait, baby. Yeah, I mean, K-State is loaded on the defensive end, in my opinion. Yeah. And Eli Huggins is extremely reliable. Right there in the middle for that three three five. Yeah, absolutely reliable. It. I mean, that is what I'm most excited about. I think just to see how much damage they can do. Yes. How much they can tear up an offense. And I mean, Felix. Boy, how many times did he get his hands on a quarterback and that quarterback dropped the football? Uh-huh. I mean, that's the reason he had just four sacks officially against TCU and not six. It's because that dang quarterback just got his world rattled. <laughs> <laughs> and he spills the football across 
the line of scrimmage. I mean, can you blame him? You have King Felix breathing down your neck. You just the whole body just shuts down. Felix and DK Uzama is four forced fumbles away from having the oh. K-State record. Oh my god. Four away, he will do it this year. All right, let's move up a position group here. Number nine. Number nine is the linebackers. This is where I'm. I'm very excited as well to see how this develops because I think we have. I think we pretty much have an idea who's going to be the starters. Daniel Green is going to be your Mike. Uh, he is going to be the leader of that defense. Boy, I mean, leader in tackles last year, just tearing it up with tackles for loss as well. Maybe the hardest hitter. Yeah. On the team, I mean, ask KU. Ask KU about how hard uh, uh, Daniel Green can hit you. Ooh, but we also have the new Will, uh, the new, uh, the newcomer Will Honus, who's going to play Will linebacker. Will, Will, how about that? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, it's already playing there anyway. But uh, Will Honus, I mean, he hasn't played football in like he's, a couple of years. He's an old man. Yes. It's like his sixth year of football. Maybe I, I can't remember what it was, but he's been playing football for a long time. He's been around football for a long time. But this is last year. It's his last year to make a splash. And if you go back to his numbers at Nebraska, when he does play, he's a difference maker. He's a bad boy. He really is. So mm-hmm. the depth behind it, that's where we see need to see where that develops. Talking about Sean Robinson, Gavin Forsha, um, you know, those guys that transferred in, will they be able to make a difference adding to the depth for K-State at linebacker? All right, that was number nine. And finally, number 10. Number 10 is the safeties, and that has to be the big question mark of the season. Where is K-State at at the safety position? Because you're replacing all three. Jerron McPherson, Russ Yeast, who was fantastic last year for K-State, ended up being a draft pick late in the seventh round after just a few picks after Skylar Thompson. And, of course, the sauce boss, Reggie Stubblefield. And one of my actually favorite tacklers, maybe not so much last year, but the 2020 season, boy, Jerron McPherson could lay a hat on somebody. Yes. But at cornerback, cornerback, you're comfortable. You have Julius Brents, Echo Boydo. I think that's a great tandem. But we'll see what guys like Kobe Savage, who transferred, Josh Hayes, who transferred from Virginia, Sincere Mason, who's already been here, Drake Cheatham, he's another transfer. And somebody, I think, who is going to really need to step up. Step up and take on a full-time starting role, T.J. Smith. He is an upperclassman for K-State. He's been here the entire time for his career. And he has double-digit starts, so he has experience. Um. Is, is he ready to do that? Is he ready to step up? That's a question that's going to be answered sooner than later. But I think for K-State, and this is my opinion, of course, but for that secondary to be successful, I think he needs to be a huge part of that. Yes. If he steps up and is, I think that's a lot of uh, – I mean, that's a that's an exhale for the K-State defensive coaches. I think you know, Joe Klanderman, he's going to exhale, be like, all right, my boy is stepping up because not just – I mean, the starters, it's question marks. But Kobe Savage, he played very well at Tyler Community College. But can you bring it to the next level? Those questions will be answered sooner rather than later. But, boy, the depth, that's that's a gigantic question. Gigantic question of how much depth there actually is at safety. So when uh, we hear from Coach Kleiman or the coaches uh, speak next week and then weeks coming up here in fall camp, we'll get to know uh, some of those answers here sooner sooner or later. All right, boys. 
That's all I got for you. Are we going to get in? I This is a question that I had got from a listener. Are we going to have recruiting um, guru and wizard, recruiting Hall of Famer TB back in here at any point? Yeah. For, for signing day, I'm sure. Yes. We need him back in here. Now, it'll probably be <laughs> not the early signing period, but right. the, the, the real signing period. Period date, I have I some guess. hard-hitting questions for him. I have a top 10 for him. Okay. Oh, boy. Will, will you come to my birthday party? Can I drive in the purple Jeep? <laughs> Can I hang out with you? Do you have any purple Air Force Ones? Can I talk to Coach Bill Snyder? Can I talk to Coach Chris Kleiman? Things of that nature. Is it today or was it yesterday? Uh, Taylor Brad announced that he's now been with the team for 17 years. I saw that. 17 years. Taylor Brad, congratulations, dude. That that's a haul. 17 years. But get back in here, man. What are you what are you scared to answer the tough questions from the game crew? Well, hey, uh Sunday was my 10th anniversary here at the radio station. Hey! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great job. 10 Hoorah. years, a whole decade. One decade, and it's amazing because you have been on the verge of getting canned. <laughs> Seven, eight times. times, man. I mean, really, oh boy, it's been close. It's been razor thin. So many people are like, if you weren't so sexy, I would have fired you two weeks ago. I was like, you got to keep the eye candy around sometimes. That's right. And you go, I that, that makes me feel uncomfortable, but I'm glad I kept my job. <laughs> That's good. Yes. What do you say? Let's get to a number one song of the day. Yeah. All right. That's coming up next. Game. This is my bad. We have not had a Supreme song, and they've had a bunch of number ones. I've, we've not done one in about two years. Wow. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. Whoa. Whoops. Oh, boy. Better throw them in here. 1964, Baby Love by the Supremes. Four weeks at number one. Female singing group from the Motor City, Detroit, Michigan. Diana Ross, Mary Wilson, Florence Ballard, and Betty McGlone. But by the time they released this song, I think they were down to three. I think they'd just cut one out and be like, we just need three bounce. We don't even need three. <laughs> really, but anyway. Well, I mean, after a little while as well, it just kind of turned into Diana Ross and the Supremes. Uh-huh. And then it was just Diana Ross. What a song. What a catalog, though, they have. Jeepers, creepers. They were a premier act for Motown in the 60s, and Billboard ranked the Supremes the 16th greatest Hot 100 artist of all time. I believe that mm-hmm. because of this. 29 studio albums, 33 top 40 hits, and this is their second of 12 Damn. number ones. It is from their second studio album called Where Did Our Love Go? Now... I love bringing these three up because there is a famous uh, Motown songwriting trio, and they go by HDH, which, of course, reminds me of the heyday of the Royals in my lifetime. Yeah, wow. <laughs> of Kelvin Herrera, Wade Davis, and Greg Holland. That's awesome. 
<laughs> but believe it or not, they actually have a Holland in their HDH. No. And they actually have two. They have two Hollands. And the, and the, the D is Dozier. Whoa. Now we're, this is getting weird. Better at hits than Hunter. Oh, boy, that's good. That was a really that good was one. really good. <laughs> wow, wow, wee, wow. That was good. Wow. I like that. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> so it was those three folks that wrote this innocent song about teenage love. Now, according to Lamont Dozier, this song was about, quote, my first love who I never really got over. Dozier says many of the songs he wrote with Motown were inspired by this one girl. Now, Diana Ross, she was never known for having like a huge voice, but man, could she do those like none other. <laughs> yes. That's kind of her signature sound, was it not? Man, you I mean, getting, she opens the song with it. You're getting a little technical on the listeners now. Those like, oh. Well, so here's the deal. I mean, so the first version of this song when they recorded it did not have her ooing. And that the the head of the label, Barry Gordy, I'm sure folks oh, yeah. have heard of Barry Gordy, he sent them back to the studio. He's like, "Why is Diana Ross not ooing in this? Why am I hearing ooh 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 like stuff like that?" Oh. And so he wanted it to kick off the song. He's like, I need it. The listeners need it. It's going to be huge. And he was pretty right. He was right on he the money. He was right on the money. So when this song went number one in the United States, the Supremes, they became the first Motown act to have two number one hits. And by the end of the decade, they'd have more singles hitting the top slot than any other Motown act or American pop music group with 12 and that is a record they still hold Ooh. Wow, to this day damn which is a decade record yeah yeah damn that's awesome this song received a Grammy nomination for best rhythm and blues recording in 1965 Troy I'm interested to know if you've ever heard of this before the song that beat him out was How Glad I Am by Nancy Wilson not that Nancy Wilson. A different Nancy Wilson, of course. No. Uh, that's one I don't have a lot of familiarity with. And no. never even heard of a mm-hmm. Motown Nancy Wilson before. Yeah. Not, and again, not talking about the star of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I'm talking no. about Motown. And yeah, she's probably a real idiot, too. How dare you get in front of the Supremes and their Grammy chants with your crappy song that probably stinks? Nancy Wilson. Well, now I might have to pull it up. I'm calling you out, Nancy Wilson, not that Nancy Wilson. You get in front of the Supremes with your stupid song, you should have bowed out gracefully. Rolling Stone put this in their top 500 songs of all time, so here's that guessing game once again. Where does Baby Love by the Supremes rank in the top 500? We'll see who's closest. 225. 360. DG wins at 499. Oh, no way. It barely made the list. Barely makes the list. I think Kanye was 500. A Kanye song was 500. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was an old list. Damn. But the Supremes barely squeaking in there with baby love. But I promise you there's still like seven Supreme songs still to use in number one song of the day. And my God, are they good. All right. They are awesome. Let's take our final break of the show. When we come back, a little Ask Us Anything with DG next. 
1350 KMAN, that's news talk radio, that's local news, like the election results. How, how, how do you not even know what happened yesterday? You go to 1350 KMAN and figure it out, punk. Also, <laughs> sports and weather, and they got Travion on there too. It's really weird. Hey, what's an inanimate object that you fight with on the daily? For me, it's the phone in the K-Rock studios. It just, yeah, I'm not a fan. I think it's from I hate 1992, <laughs> and I'm going to, woo boy, who daddy? Troy? Um, boy, that's a good one, because I don't have a great one that I fight with and on a daily be, matter. It could be one that um, maybe not daily, but you just dread any time you have to deal with that. Well, somewhere. I mean, I do have an alarm clock, but, yeah. you know, that's just a... Ugh. Yeah. Do you uh, do you get in trouble for the snoozing action, or do you snooze? No, I don't snooze if I can help it. Man, you're a hero. You're a yeah. rare, rare breed. Me, I I, I, I hit the, the snooze, and the, my wife gets mad. Yeah, the old line was from my parents was that the moment that my feet hit the floor, I wasn't stopping. So that kind of still holds true. Damn. Well, to use another thing around here in the studio, so I... I we use this software called Adobe Audition that like we uh-huh. record interviews on. We also all the commercials we make we use on Adobe. I go get Big Steve anytime I need something enhanced or you know in any way changed. I'm like, Big Steve, do this for me. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it, dude. He's good at it too. Cause sometimes you need to take stuff out of the background and Steve can pluck it right out of there. Like you're okay, like, hey, that guy throwing up in the background. Pull that out of that audio. I like that. By the way, for the phone in K-Rock. Oh, God. I mean. Nothing a hammer won't I mean, face. shouldn't there be something the boss should be doing about that? Yeah. Or we just. Uh, Is someone that's in charge. It? I'll get to it later. Yeah. You know, I've listen. I brought it up. It's like you haven't brought it up enough. Whoever the boss is in there is like more like. Tony Danza, who's the boss? Like, not so much. (laughs) (laughs) It's obviously Mona running the show in that family because you're a real piece of work. Travion, do you have anything? My car. (laughs) Hey! Dude, you have a cool car. Inanimate, man. (laughs) That says something about your car right there. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, I want to know... One thing, one storyline for Fall Camp, Troy, that you, for K-State's Fall Camp, that uh, I did it too. No, Fall Camp, yeah, fall. that you're looking forward to. Um, the closer we get to kickoff, just getting ourselves to that point and getting a glimpse at what this team can do. Mm-hmm. Because let's be honest, this offense all the way around just looks exciting. Looks and defense did its job last year. It, this this is going to be fun. This is going to be so fun. We're good. We are good. This is a good football team. I'm just looking forward to standing next to Deuce Vaughn once again to see if I'm actually getting shorter and he's getting taller. <laughs> uh, let's see. Travion gave us 30. So uh, is, is there anything you could squeeze in real quick? Real quick, we <laughs> Hey, man. Uh, boy, this guy. <laughs> he's really on the spot sometimes. I, I have nothing. Um, I just love Kinda everything. I like the Royals this afternoon. hey Except one bomb from Bobby Witt, June. All right, let's go ahead and get out of here. We'll be back for a full two hours tomorrow. You'll hear from Mitch Holtis and Derek Young for Travion, DG Troy. I'm Mitch. Go Cats.